From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes the Dr. Nina Show with a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying their hidden triggers and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. Dr. Nina inspires us to enjoy the full spectrum of human experience we all deserve to live. Hi there. Welcome to the Dr. Nina Show. I am your host, Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin. I'm a psychoanalyst specializing in binge eating disorder, and I am here to help you break free from binging, body shame, and diets that don't work. I want you to wake up and think about your day, not your diet. And it really is possible to create a binge-free, happy life without counting a single calorie, carb, or fat gram. And uh, that brings me to my to my topic today. Um, by the way, I am live on LA Talk Radio. I am also live streaming on Instagram. If you are on Instagram, please feel free to drop a question or a comment. Um, if you're listening live on the radio, please feel free to uh, call me later in the show. I'm going to open it up for questions. And that number is 323 203 0815. Again, 323-203-0815. Okay, so let's talk about this. Never trust a four-letter word when the first three letters spell die. That's right. I am talking about the word diet. And that is how documentary filmmaker Taryn Brumfit refers to the concept of dieting in her uh, 2016, I think it was, documentary called Embrace. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It explores the unrealistic beauty standards that are promoted by the media and the diet and beauty industries. And by the way, not much has changed in the seven years since this documentary came out. Diet culture is more pervasive than other ever more pervasive than ever, and it is damaging to our emotional health and also our physical health, and also dieting doesn't actually help you lose weight in the long run. This is the dirty little secret of diet culture. Dieting actually makes you gain weight in the long run, but I will get to that later. Look, diet culture bombards us with the mistaken belief that thinness equals health and happiness. Whether we're looking at magazines or social media, movies, TV, whatever, it is very hard not to be impacted by these damaging messages of how we should look or what we should eat. And when I talk about diet culture, I am talking about the diet industry, which promotes diets, diet products, weight loss products, weight loss surgery, And the wellness industry, which in some cases, not all, like not all wellness industry is is negative and bad, but a lot of what is called the wellness industry just perpetuates really harmful myths about food and about dieting. And internalizing these messages makes us feel we are never thin enough and that our worth is directly tied to our weight and our appearance. That leads to a cycle of dieting, which is restriction in some way, which leads to binging, um, feeling guilty about our food choices, which then guilt, if you don't know how to deal with your guilt, can also lead to binging and just has serious negative impact on our physical and mental health. Yet, it is possible to develop resilience against diet culture, and here are some strategies to do exactly that. So first of all, and this one is the hardest for most people, they they fight me on this all the time, the idea that food is neither good nor bad. It's often labeled as good or bad in diet culture. And the message is certain foods are healthy, others are unhealthy. This leads to feelings of guilt and shame when you have your so-called bad foods and creates this really negative relationship with food. So um, one problem with labeling foods good or bad is then it becomes, oh, I've been good. I am good. I feel good about myself because I ate salad and I was bad 
because I ate pizza. Now I feel bad about myself. Now I'm not feel so bad. I don't know how to comfort myself. So now I'm going to eat more pizza or cake or whatever. So it, it just, it, it just creates a toxic relationship to yourself and with food. Because look, here, here's the thing. Diet, diets are always about deprivation of something. There's something you're just not allowed to have. And deprivation of certain foods only makes us want what we think we can't have. So putting food on the bad list means setting ourselves up for binging. Because eventually, if you go on a diet, eventually your willpower will fail. And then you eat everything that you haven't been able to eat, everything on the bad list. And you think something like, oh my God, I blew it. I blew the whole day because I ate cookies. I might as well have everything else in the kitchen. Essentially, deprivation, dieting, leads to binging. And that leads to guilt. It leads to shame. It leads to self-recrimination. It leads to you getting mad at yourself, which then again is temporary resol- temporarily resolved with binging. And the cycle just goes on and on and on. And it's horrible. So to break the cycle, start by resisting those messages about good and bad foods by adopting a non-diet approach to food. This means eliminating that diet mindset, learning to trust your body, focusing on self-care, self-love, the way you relate to yourself, self-acceptance. All of those things I know are easier said than done. That's a goal. If you're having a hard time with that, that's your goal right now. It's not not like you're going to suddenly be like, oh, why I love myself. No, you got to figure out, you know, a, a way of responding to yourself differently. But basically taking a non-diet approach to health involves focusing on your overall health, your overall well-being, and not just on your weight. Recognizing that health and well-being is way more than just the number on the scale. And by the way, I should say this, that one of the real problems with diet culture is that it sells us this illusion that if we get to a certain weight, we will have a better life. That if you get to a certain weight, if you're thinner, you'll be happier. If you're thinner, you'll have more friends. If you're thinner, you'll be more confident. If you're thinner, your whole personality will change. And of course, when you lose weight at first, it's like, oh yeah, I can go and buy whatever kind of clothes I want in the store. It's great. I love it. But eventually, you're just living your life. And the same problems you have, the same relationships you have, they're still going to be there. Dieting doesn't make you change your life. Losing weight doesn't change your life. This is the illusion that the diet culture perpetuates. And it's a great illusion because who wouldn't want that superpower, right? Oh, I just lose weight and I get happier. I just lose weight and things get resolved. My marriage is better. I like my job better. I'll get a bunch of new friends. I'll get along with people better. I'll have more fun. I'll be more fulfilled. Yeah, this is this is what the diet culture is counting on. And that's why there's always a new diet, right? If diets work, they'd work. You'd be done, but they don't work. And the diet culture, the $60 billion diet culture is counting on you to keep dieting by selling this message. Hey, just lose weight. Your life's going to be better. Unfortunately, that is an illusion because wherever you are, (laughs) there you are. Okay, so the second thing to consider when you're challenging diet culture is that it's this idea that thinner is healthier. Thinner is not always healthier. Diet culture promotes the idea that that thinner is preferable and people are healthier at the lowest weight they can be. This emphasis on thinness as a measure of health is not actually supported by scientific evidence. The reality is we all come in different shapes and sizes and we can still be healthy at different weights. So when you see weight as the sole indicator of health, that ignores the fact that health, health is a 
complex interplay of many factors, genetics, lifestyle, overall well-being, access to certain foods, how you just a lot of different things. And when you focus solely on weight, that ignores the importance of all of those things. And also, when we become obsessed with our weight, we develop unhealthy eating habits, which actually undermines both our physical and emotional health. Because when you get obsessed with your weight, what happens? You go on a diet, you go on some, like, like whether you call it a food plan or a diet or some other euphemism, if you're not eating something or not allowing yourself to have something, you're just going to want that more eventually. And that's going to lead to overeating or binging, which leads to feeling bad, which leads to binging. And there you go. There's the cycle. Um, also, diet culture promotes the idea that there is a quick fix when it comes to losing weight, when in reality, sustainable weight loss and improved health, again, it's complex. Dieting sets you up for disappointment and leads to feelings of failure and hopelessness. When we repeatedly try to meet a goal, and maybe we meet it for a while, but then eventually we, we, we fail to meet often unrealistic weight loss goals, we might feel like we're not good enough. We might feel like failures. Like you, if you failed at dieting, oh, you feel like a failure rather than hmm, dieting has failed you. But if you feel like a failure and you feel hopeless about never achieving the perfect body, whatever that is, the perfect body that is promoted in media, then that affects your self-esteem. Internalizing the message that being thin is the ultimate goal means becoming hyper-focused on our bodies and constantly judging ourselves and others, by the way, sometimes, and, and others, based on appearance. And that leads to shame, sense of inadequacy, low self-esteem, which again can spiral into binge eating as a way of coping. So as you can see, um, you know, dieting just kind of makes you feel bad all around. And it has an effect on relationships. Diet culture really has a toxic relation, a, a toxic effect. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about this topic. Can you tell? And by the way, if you are listening um, on the radio, you want to call in and, and share something about this, feel free to do so. If you are on Instagram, uh, feel free to drop a comment if, if this is resonating with you, just let me know. If you have a question about dieting, a lot of people do. They're afraid to stop dieting because they're afraid they're going to instantly gain weight. <clears throat> Not true. So the impact on relationships. It has a toxic impact on our relationship with ourselves and others. Because when we're constantly judging ourselves and others based on appearance it can create negativity and competition. And by the way, when I say judging others, I don't necessarily mean that you're looking at people going, mm, she can lose a few pounds. I mean, maybe you are. That's what diet culture tells us to do. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're just like, oh my God, am I thinner than she is? Am I bigger than she is? All this comparing, all of this in your head, constantly, constantly, constantly thinking about it, it makes you feel bad. And it also leads to feelings of isolation and disconnection and a general sense of dissatisfaction in life. If you're never feeling good enough about your, your weight and your body, then you're not feeling good enough in life. And if you are judging your weight, you might want want to like stay away from friends. You might not want to go do social things because you're afraid they're going to judge you. If you're looking in the mirror going, oh my God, I can totally see the weight that I've gained. Oh, then you're going to think that your friends will judge you equally as harshly. You're, you're not going to want to go and be with people if you think they're going to look at you and say, mm, I can totally see the weight she's gained, which leads to you staying home feeling bad, feeling bad about yourself, and turning to food for comfort. Again, the cycle continues. So instead of 
thinking about, you know, how much of a good time you're having. If you're thinking about what other people are thinking about your appearance, you're not really in the moment. You're not really having a good time. You're not having a fulfilling and satisfying connection with other people. That's harmful. That's hurtful. That undermines your sense of well-being. Also, if you're hard on yourself, if you're constantly monitoring what you're eating, constantly body checking, constantly comparing yourself to other people, constantly attacking yourself for not being thin enough or good enough or having enough willpower or denigrating your, your, yourself for, for what you ate or what you weigh, that harsh attitude towards yourself creates feelings of inadequacy. It creates shame, guilt, and self-hatred, which all leads to binging as a way of self-soothing. So you can see that, you know, the expression, all, all roads lead to Rome. All roads lead to binging when it comes to diet culture. Okay, so what do you do instead? Here's what to do. I'm gonna tell you what to do. Instead of focusing on what you're eating, cultivate a kinder attitude towards yourself. Because look, if you are turning to food, you are turning away something else. Often it's deprivation and dieting that makes you want what you can't have. But why does it become a binge? Because something else is going on. Some other inability to, to self-soothe, to support yourself, to be kind to yourself. When you're mean to yourself and you attack yourself, then you're going to go to food just to escape your own mean voice. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, hopefully I'm back on Instagram. Someone called me. Bad connection. Could you guys see me? Hear me? No? All right. I'm just going to keep going. I don't know what's happening. Okay, I appear to have a bad connection, but I'm just going to con- continue. So, again, be Sorry Sam, I'm having an issue on Instagram. All right. People on Instagram, can you see me and hear me? I'm having some issue. No, I don't think so. Can you drop a comment or a heart or something if you can hear me? All right, I'm just going to keep going. So again, if you're turning to food, you are likely turning away from something else. So be curious about why you're eating instead of focusing on what you're eating. Now, here's the thing. Let's just say that you are really changing your mindset. You're stepping away from diet culture. You feel really good about that. And yet, maybe you're surrounded by people who are still in diet culture. How do you deal with them? So if you have people in your life are stuck in diet culture, uh, they may stay stuck in that mindset and make comments still about your food choices and their own food choices. And they may be talking about their weight and all, all the things. So if that's a concern, here are some strategies to deal with people in those situations. Okay. So first of all, prepare clever responses. Benjamin Franklin said, that by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. So if we take that notion and reverse it, here's the thing. You will succeed with preparation. And unfortunately, lots of people who are stuck in diet culture who, who don't understand that binge eating is not about food, right? It's a solution to the problem, not the problem. But people who don't understand that and think food is the problem, they make thoughtless comments. And that's why having some responses at the ready, 
will help you through. So when people talk about their diets and, 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 oh my God, they lost this much weight this fast and their food choices, here are some things you could say. You could say, look, I understand this is important to you, but I'd really rather not discuss weight. Or, you know what, you may not agree, but I'm confident in the choices that I'm making for myself and for my body. And I'd rather not talk about food. Or you could say, look, talking about food and dieting is actually triggering for me. Let's talk about something else, right? Setting a boundary in that way. There are a lot of dieters who focus not only on their food choices and dieting goals, but on everyone else's as well. And they can try to manage what you're eating, which can be very annoying and very shaming because they say things like, "Mm, oh, you're really having that? Oh my God, you really need to eat that? Or, you know, I haven't eaten cake in five years. I feel amazing. I haven't eaten a carb since 2020. I feel fantastic. Well, if that makes you cringe, like it makes me cringe, then here are some strategies to deal with those types of comments. Um, First of all, set limits. Set limits. Say, you know what? I'm not discussing what I'm eating or how much I weigh. That topic is off limits. Or I don't like talking about my weight, so let's, you know, I prefer you don't bring it up either. And if they say anything about food, you could say, you know what, I actually personally like to live in a world where there's cake. You may not, I do. I'll have a piece. Just, you know, limits, boundaries, just, okay, the other thing you can do is use humor. If they say anything about your weight, you say, hey, you know what? My weight is a number and that number is unlisted. Or, hey, curvy is the new black. Or, um, you know, this is especially for family, obnoxious family members. You're like, oh, looks like you put on a few pounds, which people say. I, I still can't believe people actually say things like this, but I, I hear it all the time. That people will go to family events or and, and someone will say, mm, looks like you put on a few pounds. They actually say it. Who says that? These people. Okay, so if if they say that, you say, wow, oh, gosh, you know what? I actually have gained weight. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know because without that, I I, I would have never known. It would have totally escaped my attention. Thank you. You can also deflect. So when they say, mm, do you really want to eat that? You really think you should eat that? Do you really think you need another bite? You just completely change the subject. They say, do you think you really need that? You say, so what's new with you? They say, oh, you're having a second piece? You say, uh-huh. So anyway, how are you these days? What's going on? They say, oh, you're eating that? I never eat that. You say, you know, what I eat really isn't that interested, interesting to me. What's going on with you? And if they tell you, oh, this is the classic. Oh, I'm only asking because I'm worried about your health. I'm only asking because I'm worried about your health. You say, hey, I appreciate your concern, but I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I appreciate your concern. Let's Let's change the subject. I appreciate your concern. So tell me about whatever is going on in their life. Just totally deflect. All right. Here is an example of another way that you can handle these food police people. Let me tell you about Miriam, not her real name. So Miriam's father was always commenting about what she was eating and how much, um, And Miriam was, I think she was like in her late 30s when this happened, but she didn't live with her father, but she went over to have dinner with him every Sunday night, like a dutiful daughter. They always had dinner together Sunday nights, and she would dread his comments and dread the looks of her. Every Sunday night, he served her a very small portion of pasta. 
like the portion a child would get. So, you know, Miriam would eat the whole tiny little bowl of pasta because she was hungry at Sunday night dinner. Um, and it was like a super small little portion, like for a five-year-old. And she would feel awkward the whole time because she wouldn't know what was coming. And then as soon as she was finished, her father would say, oh, do you want some more? And Miriam would say, oh, yes, thanks. If she said, no, thank you, he'd make some comment like, what's wrong with you? Why, why, you don't like my, my, my pasta? So she'd say, yes, thank you. And her father always said some version of the same thing. Oh, you have quite an appetite, don't you? Ah, you can really put it away. And this was a very familiar dynamic with Marion. The same scenario played out nearly every Sunday. So her, so in the past, she would she would try to explain, she would try to defend, she would try to justify, and she'd say, "Dad, you you barely gave me anything for dinner, so of course I'm still hungry. Of course I still want more." Um, and her father would say, "Well, that's what you that's what you think, or." Hmm. That's the way you want to see it. Okay. And 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 once she told him, no, thanks, dad, I'm good. And he'd say, what, you don't like my pasta? Or, um, you know, stick, stick into that diet, are you? Good luck with that. I mean, her dad was a controlling freak. Not a control freak. He was that too. He was a controlling freak. Um, okay. So this time, Miriam goes to dinner. He gives her the teeny tiny bowl of food. And when she allowed her, when he said, you want some more? And she said, yes. He again commented on her appetite. Oh, you can really put it away. <laughs> and instead of defending, justifying, or explaining herself, she appealed to his ego. She said, dad, this is so good. I, I just can't resist. You made such good pasta. I just, I just can't resist having more because it's so good. Well, he stopped commenting on her level of consumption and agreed with her. Yeah, I make pretty good rigatoni if I do say so myself. And that was the end of that. So what's the moral to this story? Do not defend, explain, or justify yourself. In fact, you know, as a, a, a true lover of the original Star Wars, I came up with a, an acronym for this, JEDI. JEDI. Do not justify, explain, or defend the I. JEDI. So Miriam was like, JEDI. She didn't justify. She didn't explain. She didn't, she didn't defend. So don't justify, explain, or defend yourself. And appeal to the other person's ego. You know? Set limits. Use humor. Deflect. These are all ways that you can deal with the food police. And the food police are rampant in diet culture. They are everywhere. Um, and they just make you feel bad. And then when you feel bad, if you don't also have a way of feeling better, then you're going to use food for comfort distraction, escape, to go into that zone where you don't think anything, you don't feel anything, and then all you do is feel bad about yourself, which then leads to more binging. It's a terrible cycle. So we got to break the cycle. Okay, so here are some more tips to help you protect yourself from diet culture. Um, be mindful about the media you consume. So one of the primary ways that diet culture infiltrates our lives is through media, magazines, TV, social media. We're bombarded with images and messages that promote the idea that being thin is the key to happiness, success, and beauty. Here's the thing. There are a lot of thin people who are not so happy with their lives. So, you know, Diet culture is, 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 is based on a fallacy. It's based on a, an idea. It's, it's, it's just, it's a carrot that keeps people dieting. 
But think about any of your thin friends. Are they all so happy? Is everything perfect in their lives? No. Being thin is not the key to happiness. So to counteract this harmful messaging, be mindful of the kind of media that you're letting into your 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 mind and limit exposure to content that really reinforces negative body image stereotypes or diet culture stereotypes. Only allow media that promotes body acceptance or self-acceptance. I should say self by body acceptance, I don't necessarily mean you should accept your body as it is because uh, in terms of body acceptance, there are some people, body positivity, body acceptance, they say, hey, accept yourself at whatever size you are. But then for a lot of people, they feel bad about feeling bad about their bodies. So now, now, not only do they feel bad about their bodies, they feel bad that they don't feel great and accept their bodies as they are. No, I'm not saying that. If you want to lose weight because it'll make you feel better, look, maybe you'll look better in your mind, just it, for whatever your reasons, do that. It's healthier for health reasons, whatever. That's fine. But don't do it. Your life. Uh, Self acceptance, which is really to perfectionist, being able to, to, to know that you are doing the best you can given your situation and to support yourself through your feelings, your thoughts, encounter in your life, to really be a friend to yourself, to turn that critic into a friend so that you can um, be there for yourself instead of having to turn to food to, to comfort yourself and then feel bad all over again and then go on a diet and, uh, okay, you get the idea. So look for websites, social media accounts, shows that celebrate diversity and promote a healthy relationship with food and body. Because when we surround ourselves with positive and supportive messages, we help counteract harmful, 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 destructive influence of diet culture. And that helps us build our resilience to negative body image. So try unfollowing or muting accounts that promote unhealthy, unrealistic beauty standards or dieting. Social media can be a major part of diet culture, so it's really important to curate your feed to include health-focused accounts and get rid of anything. That, here's the litmus test. If you're on, if you're there and you're, you're on a, an account and it makes you feel bad about yourself, that is a sign that that account is not good for you. If you start to feel bad about yourself and you start to feel like you need to change and you're comparing yourself to other people and feeling terrible, unfollow, mute, block. Only go to pages that make you feel inspired and good. And when I say inspired, I don't mean inspired to lose weight. I mean inspired to be kind to yourself, to support yourself, to accept yourself, to be there for yourself. Not those accounts that make you feel bad about you. So it's an easy test, right? How do you feel when you're on someone's feet? Does it make you feel like, oh, oh my God, I need to change immediately. I need to lose weight. I'm not good enough. No, and that is not an account for you. Along the same lines, surround yourself with the right people because the people that we surround ourselves with, has they have a big effect on our emotional well-being. When we're around other people who have sort of a positive body image or more self-accepting body image, who don't make their entire identity the number on the scale, people who you can go out to lunch with and they're not going to be talking about, well, I can, I can, eat, I can order this because I was so good yesterday. Or like if you're having a meal with people who are telling you and justifying why they're ordering what they're ordering or talking about what they're going to order have tonight or what they had yesterday and the whole meal is about other meals. Um, well, is that enjoyable? I don't think so. It's not for you, for them. It's not good for anybody. Go out, be with people who talk about 
things other than what they're eating, what they weigh. People with whom you have things in common, people who make you feel good about yourself, people who inspire you, just like with social media accounts. Connect with people who you can talk about events or wishes or hopes or sadness or just the whole range of human experience. It doesn't have to be, you know, heavy. Just people that you can talk about light things and heavy things with. But ultimately, you leave that, that lunch or that dinner, brunch, whatever, feeling good. Maybe having learned something. Maybe have been inspired a little bit. Maybe feel good about how you showed up for someone else. These are the things that are important. Um, you know, when we're around people like that, it is a lot easier for us to stay focused on our own journey, our own journey of health. But when you're around people who talk about diets incessantly or they're preoccupied with their weight, it makes us feel bad. It makes you feel bad. And, you know, we got to gotta feel things happen in life that are horrendous we're dealing with um we're dealing with so much in our lives why make yourself feel bad for what you weigh no be there for yourself support yourself yes you can change your weight but you can change your weight through um kindness not through meanness so protect yourself from the toxic influence of diet culture by surrounding yourself with people who support and encourage you in all aspects of your life. Spend time with family and friends and even online communities that celebrate self-acceptance and promote healthy attitudes. You will feel better. You will have more fun. And guess what? When you are having fun, you are less likely to turn to food for fun. That's right. When we are we're just not having enough sweetness in our lives. When we're not having enough fun, we can use food for that sweetness symbolically. Eating can become the one fun thing that we have in our life. That should not be the case. Like, think about what is fun, what is, what like lights you up, what makes you happy. Go find a way to do that. Because when you do that and you have fulfilling, satisfying things to do in your life, fulfilling, satisfying relationships, guess what? You don't need food for symbolic fulfillment or for fun, for any of the things that we use it for. All right. And here's the truth about dieting. Yeah. Ready? Dieting makes you gain weight in the long run. Yes, it does. Diet culture and uh, as a result, disordered eating Binge, whether it's binge eating or binge eating disorder or just an unhealthy, unhappy relationship with food. These kinds of disordered attitudes have become increasingly prevalent in our society. And it's really important to understand the dangers that they pose. The $60 billion diet industry sells that false idea that weight and body size are primarily determined by your effort, by your willpower. And that leads to the idea that anyone could be thin or, or thinner if they just try hard enough. Yet, the science behind weight and body size is much more complicated. A multitude of factors influence weight and body size, including genetics, hormones, stress levels, overall health, so many factors. And our, our, our bodies have like an innate ability to regulate our, our optimal weight, our optimal size. And sometimes that is not being a size zero. Not all of us are meant to be a size zero. Um, and trying to, and I'm just saying size zero for, you know, for effect, right? Not, you, you know, we have a, a set point. Our bodies have a set point. And when you try to manipulate this, it has negative effects on your health. So, in fact, research has shown that dieting and restrictive eating actually leads to weight gain over time. Here are some reasons for that. First of all, dieting slows your metabolism. So diets often involve reducing your calories, which then leads to a slower metabolism because your body's like, oh, 
less food is coming in. So we better slow down, slow down. Our body, uh, our body rece- perceives this reduction in, in calories as a threat to, to, to survival. And then it adjusts, conserves energy, slows down the metabolism, which not only makes it harder to lose weight in the long run, but then when you start eating more normally, or then when you go off the diet and either eat more normally or binge or overeat or whatever it is that's going on in that diet binge cycle, it makes it easier to gain weight because your metabolism is now slower. So our metabolism, which we all need a certain amount of calories just to keep alive and keep our hearts beating and our lungs working and all the other things. Now we need fewer calories to do that. So any extra calories become weight gain. So dieting slows your metabolism, leads to make, makes it harder to lose weight and then makes it easier to gain weight later. Also creates hormonal imbalances. Dieting can disrupt the balance of hormones that regulate hunger, fullness, and again, metabolism, which makes you hungrier, makes it harder for you to find when you're full, and makes it more difficult to maintain that healthy weight. It just messes up your body, basically, is what I'm saying. Also, uh, the yo-yo dieting effect, which is that when you rapidly lose weight, and then you gain that weight just as rapidly. Um, so you lose weight with the diet, go off the diet, and boom, there's there's the there you've gained the weight back, and usually then some. It's called the the yo-yo effect, um, where you lose weight and you gain it repeatedly. That also uh, affects your metabolism, which which basically your metabolism like freaks out and goes ah, and becomes uh it. it, it it, it, it becomes very difficult for you to regulate yourself. Also, restrictive eating. Diets restrict certain foods or food groups. That leads to feelings of deprivation and a preoccupation with food, which then can lead to binge eating and, at the very least, an unhealthy relationship with food. Because if you're telling yourself you can't have something, we naturally want that more. But diets also separate ourselves from the ability to eat intuitively, the ability to tap into like our bodies know. And if we just listen, we know what we need or what we don't need. Uh, when my daughters were young, I used to offer them two choices for snacks. I'd say, like, do you want an apple or do you want some cookies? Or, you know, do you want some toast or uh, with peanut butter or do you want... Um, this candy bar, whatever, granola bar, whatever it was. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, no, I want the apple. And sometimes they'd be like, oh, I want the cookies. Because they were eating intuitively. They knew that their bodies wanted something like real food. They wanted the apple. And sometimes they just wanted a treat. But because they knew they could have it any time, there was no anticipation of deprivation. Because they knew they could have it any time, they could make the choice. Do I want that apple? Yeah, I feel like I need that apple. And diets make us lose that link to our intuition, to, to, to knowing and tapping into what our bodies need and want. Also, dieting causes stress. And stress has been linked to weight gain. The stress hormone cortisol increases fat storage, particularly in, in your stomach area, which then makes it harder to lose weight. So that way, there's also a study where they they had. Let me see if I could sum it up really easily. Um, they, they had like a two groups of people, and they didn't think that they were doing a study about dieting. They thought they were doing a study about something else, uh, and they were both given the the same um, amount of food. And the people who were given less, fewer calories, fewer calories, um, but didn't know that they were on a diet, gained weight. And the people that did, what was it? People that did know they were on a diet. I forget. I'm messing it up. All I can say is that the people didn't know that they were dieting, and yet their cortisol was 
raise their bodies knew that they were dieting. So the point is, I have to, I have to source myself on this. There's a whole book written about it. Um, uh, the point is, is that dieting can really mess with your hormones and actually cause you to gain weight. And they decrease muscle mass. So diets restrict calories or certain food groups that can lead to a loss of muscle mass, which can also lower metabolism and then make it harder to lose weight in the long run and make it easier to gain weight. So let me summarize. Diets lead to weight gain in the long run because diets disrupt the balance of your hormones. They disrupt your metabolism. They increase stress. They reduce muscle mass, and they can lead to disordered eating, including binge eating. So basically, by promoting unhealthy and unrealistic beauty standards, reinforcing disordered eating patterns, and promoting a very narrow view of health, diet culture creates self-criticism, body dissatisfaction, feelings of inadequacy. So if we want to improve our overall well-being, let's join forces. Let's join forces. All of us who struggle with this or have struggled with this need to reject diet culture and embrace a more balanced approach to health and happiness. Because stepping away from diet culture, yeah, it takes time. It takes patience. If you're so used to dieting, it's really scary to stop. But with the right tools and the right support, you can break free from its harmful influence. You can learn to love and accept yourself just as you are. Or if you want to lose weight, you can do so in a nurturing, kind, and loving way. Here's the thing. You can't, you can't, you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. If your sense of self and, and self-esteem is based on the number on the scale then you are letting a piece of plastic and metal define how you feel about you. So ask yourself, have you ever said of one of your friends, oh my gosh, I love her so much more now that she's lost weight. Said nobody ever, or oh wow, I really like my friend. She is so thin. She is so thin, she's so awesome. No, we don't love our friends because they're thin. We don't think our friends are awesome because they're thinner. We don't like them more if they lose weight. Why do we think that of ourselves? Why do we make it that we're somehow going to be better versions of ourselves, more likable, more lovable, just somehow better if we just lose weight? The key is to accept yourself who you are, how you are. And I like self-acceptance even more than self-love because self-acceptance includes the things you love about yourself and the things you're trying to change. We're not perfect. None of us is perfect. But when we, when we say, well, I'm going to feel good about myself when I'm perfect or I'm going to feel good about myself when I, when I get to that number on the scale, then we're setting ourselves up for, for feeling bad because we're all perfectly imperfect. So it's so important to, it's so important to accept yourself and to recognize what we love, what you like and accept about yourself while you're trying to create change. Here, here's the way to think about it. Um, so I live in LA where the traffic is terrible, terrible. I'm sure the traffic's terrible everywhere. But lots of people say, well, L.A. drivers are the worst. They're the worst. And you know what? I could drive down the 405 from my old office down to the airport to LAX, and I could say, yeah, L.A. drivers are terrible. And there they would be. They would, they would cut me off. They would flip me off. They would just be scary and horrible. And I, I could say, mm, yeah, see, there they are. Or I could have a different narrative. Hey, you know what? LA drivers have a bad reputation. They're actually pretty cool. They're, they're nice. They're nice drivers. And I could drive the same stretch of freeway on the 405. And you know what? 
people would let me into their lane, wave at me, be totally cool, totally nice. Now, which is the truth? Well, they're both the truth, both because there are both bad drivers and good drivers on the road. We don't want to just say, oh, I'm only going to focus on the good drivers because the bad drivers are there and we have to do something about them, drive defensively. And we don't want to say, oh, they're all so bad because that just makes us feel bad and feel panicky every time you get on the freeway. We have to say they're both there. I'm going to see them both. When it comes to those within us, we want to be able to say, you know what? There's some qualities about me that I want to change. The bad driver equivalent. But there are so many qualities about myself that I really like and appreciate. And the key is to hold on to that as you work to create changes in your life, with your body, with your eating, all of those things. In other words, be curious, not critical, and that will help you cultivate an attitude of self-acceptance, which includes and encompasses self-love. So that is the show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Dr. Nina Savelle Rocklin, psychoanalyst, here to help you create a binge-free, happy life, uh, and also live streaming on, on Instagram, or you can listen later wherever you get podcasts. And for a deeper dive into this topic and how to create that binge-free, happy life, uh, check out my book, The Binge Cure. Seven Steps to Outsmart Emotional Eating. It is available on Amazon in every format, including audiobook where I read it to you. Take good care. I'll see you next week. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you for joining the Dr. Nina Show. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Join Dr. Nina next time for more diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. Find out more about Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland at drninainc.com. That's D-R-N-I-N-A-I-N-C.com. The Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Savelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life Flow.